Uh, yeah, we'll get to it. If I keep yeah. sniffling, it's I'm not snorting coke, I swear. It's my allergies. episode of Isle of the Damned. We are in June, the dog days. I don't know if the dog days are summer yet. Um, uh, we are in summer, though, I think, officially. We are here, and I'm Brian. He's Kent. You know the drill by now. I don't have a snazzy, funny thing that like Kent usually does on our other show, but I'm not that funny. But anyways, um, we're going to review and talk about a bunch of new releases, like John Wick. Chapter 3, Parabellum, and Godzilla, King of the Monsters, and Brightburn, and Detective Pikachu, which I sadly did not get to see, but Kent did see it, so he's going to tell us about it, and I'm going to li- listen intently, and I will hear Ryan Reynolds' voice whenever he talks about Pikachu, so, Kent, you want to talk about it? Go ahead. Well, are you going to hear Ryan Reynolds, or are you going to hear a short yellow Deadpool? <laughs> Wait, is there a difference? Okay. <laughs> well, one swears, and the other one is very tightly controlled by Nintendo. But uh, I will say, I did try to get more stuff in here. I tried to get in that Netflix Ted Bundy movie this morning, but after I started it, I just realized I was not in the right headspace to give that a fair shot, so. Yeah. yeah. Maybe later this summer we'll just do a Netflix roundup and cover some yeah, of their big releases, because they've got, like, that, they've got, what is that, Rim of the World or something, which... Yeah, and plus I'm sure there's going to be a couple weekends or months where there's going to be, like, crap in the theater, because we're going to, yeah. like, as usual, it's front-loaded, so. <laughs> and, then, and then there's that horror movie about the cellist that's supposed to be making people sick, which I don't actually believe, so. <laughs> I about that. All right, but, but yeah. De- Pokemon Tops. Detective yeah. Pikachu, uh, the first Pokemon movie that is not animated and probably the first one in a while to get a wide theatrical release, because yeah. has there been one since the first animated film? I think they did one, but I don't know. I, I'm not a I'm not a Pokemon guy, so I wouldn't know. But I'm sure there's probably been maybe one more, but definitely not in this budget, in this wide release, and this obviously in live action. So damn it, Brian! I thought you were a Pokemon master. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Who's that Pokemon? Not me. And and I will tell you, it does look like somebody spent some money on this thing because the yeah. best thing that this movie has in its favor is you can tell that somebody actually put time and effort and thought into this thing because it looks fantastic. I really like the look of this thing. And so many times I hate these movies where they put CG creatures in the real world, but this is the complete opposite of the Sonic problem. They <laughs> just take these cartoon characters and make them 3D. In some cases, they add fur, but they still make them look like the cartoon characters. They rely on the animation and the shading to let them fit into the real world without making them grotesque the way that so many of these films do. 
whoever got this design down and didn't overdo it just deserves some huge accolades on this. Like, I wouldn't even be upset if this thing got nominated for a special effects Oscar. That's how much I liked it. Oh, wow. Now, here's the other thing, though. As someone who doesn't have anything but a passing knowledge of Pokemon that I've gotten from osmosis of the internet <laughs> and seeing, like, Cubone comics and stuff on mm. Facebook. I am not the intended target audience for this. <laughs> I'm actually surprised that it hues so much to what I would have to assume is a hardcore Pokemon audience. I guess it's bigger than I thought. Because I, I just don't think of Pokemon as being something that you would spend $150 million on for that mm. core fan base. I, I assume it costs something like that. Maybe it didn't, but... No, you're, you're right, on, right on the money. It was 150 so I'm like, I thought you knew. I'm like, no, no, that's exactly what it was. So. <laughs> yeah, so, because this is for people who have watched the cartoons and played the games and stuff like right. that. I, I don't understand the mechanics of this world where all of the animals are up for omni-species cockfighting. <laughs> but I heard the people next to me just gleefully pointing out all sorts of things and yeah. gasping happily and stuff like that. It's probably about like when I saw Roger Rabbit when I was nine years old and a cartoon nerd and I'm seeing all these cameos right. and stuff of things. No, that that's a good point. Yeah, that's, that's a good analogy, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just... In this case, it's all from one thing. So, the thing that kind of sinks the movie, and I won't say it's a bad movie. I, mm -hmm. I think, all in all, it's actually pretty good. And if you're a Pokemon fan, I think you're going to get a lot more out of it than I did. Right. But the mystery itself feels really thin. Mm -hmm. And I figured out the twist, because... It's a mystery. There's going to be a twist. Pretty early on in the movie, despite the fact that it doesn't make a lick of sense, it's very Japanese in that way that the plot is kind of metaphysical, that's just nonsensical. If you remember way back to the episode where we talked about Warm Bodies, that Nicholas Holt movie where he was yes. a zombie, I compared the ending to a Japanese anime story, and this is what I was talking about. Uh, this right here, because it's just fucking bonkers and does not make any sort of logical progression in the real world. Or It's like a bad 80s cartoon where things happen just because the writers need them to happen. It's so odd. It, which probably puts it around... Uh, uh, right with those animated films based on what I've heard about them and, right. the, and the plot points for them, but still. So, I can't, like, pan this movie, but it's like a two-and-a-half-star movie to me. Yeah. I, I go for the effects, go for the animation, go if you're a Pokemon fan. If none of that appeals to you, you can skip it and not really worry about it because it's not made for you. Yeah, I was going to say, it seemed, just, just from reading people's reactions on the internet and people that I know, like, if you're a Pokemon fan, it sounds like you people are, like, their heads are exploding. Like, probably us if, when we see, like, a Marvel movie, but, like, 
they really are like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. But I think, yeah, if you're not into Pokemon, like, hardcore, you're probably like, huh, okay. Oh, there's a dude named, there's a duck named Psyduck. And he goes, Psy, Psy, Psy. <laughs> and, like, there's Jigglypuff. Like, those are the only two Pokemon besides Pikachu I know. So I, don't, I don't remember if I saw Jigglypuff. I, I, I know there was, like, I know a handful of names. Jigglypuff is one that usually sings, like like a sleeping yeah. thing that like puts people to sleep. I don't I, know. If I he's know a few. Game. Well, I know a few of them from the Smash Brothers game. Like yes, Snorlax yeah, is in there somewhere. Oh yes, oh <laughs> uh, yeah, dude, I remember him. And like, I remember like the cat looking dude because he hung out with the two. Meow. Ma- yeah. Yes, I also remember him from seeing the last couple minutes of episodes when I was waiting for Batman and or Superman to start. (laughs) Like, that's the only thing I've seen. But so there's no, like, Ash Ketchum. There's none of, like, the characters from the cartoon, right? So it's it's more like um, other Pokemon trainers and stuff. So it's not like, uh, it's not like an adaptation of the cartoon, per se. That is absolutely right. And apparently this is a real game. But it's oh, not okay. like one it, of their it, main I remember games. hearing that it was, yeah. Yeah, it's it's like a Game Boy game, I think. Yeah. But yeah. then again, most of the Pokemon games were Game Boy, so that by itself doesn't right. really... So that makes sense, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, it was a 3DS game, yeah. Detective yeah. Pikachu, wow, good call. Yeah, oh. it came out... Wow, the game only came out in like 2018? 2016? 2018? Mm-hmm. So yeah. He's a detective. Okay, so that makes sense. I was like, I don't know where they got the Pikachu would be detective, but okay, now yeah. it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, instead of Ash Ketchum and all that stuff, you have Justice Smith, who you will know from Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom and probably nothing else. <laughs> because I'm looking at his filmography and I don't know any of these things aside from that. So, yeah, as I recall, he was the nervous guy. <laughs> Well, this will be the first of two movies with with uh, Ken Watanabe though that we'll be talking about, I believe. <laughs> yes, it is, and uh, you know, I do like Ken Watanabe. That's the thing about this movie as well is the fact that well, first of all, they're both Toho movies. Yeah, that makes sense then. That makes, that makes actually a lot of sense. But there's a decent cast in here. I mean, Ryan Reynolds, I like him. Yeah, he's just doing his regular shtick in yeah. this, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, you've got Ken Watanabe, who's great. There is a reporter played by someone named Catherine Newton, which apparently he was on, she was on Supernatural for an episode or two, and that's, well, okay, six episodes. <laughs> uh, but I think it's after I stopped watching. Yeah. So... Yeah, she's uh, she's in a few things, but they, it's a weird character in the script. It's like a '30s cub reporter that's somehow been grafted into there and doesn't really work all that well. Uh, Bill Nighy's pretty cool. Suki Waterhouse is like somewhere big in the credits, and she's like one of those people who's supposed to be up and coming. I guess she was in that Bad Batch movie that I went to go see and didn't, but she's <laughs> been in a bunch of uh, the smaller but 
recognizable movies, uh, Assassination Nation, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, things like that. Yeah. And she's, like I said, pretty high on the credits. She's a model, and she's, I don't think she actually utters a single word in the movie. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of funny. Yeah. So, I mean, there's just a bunch of stuff in here that I don't get, but... Don't there's let that stop there, there, There's an American DJ named Diplo who's actually in the movie. That's all I know. <laughs> Diplo. Okay. I don't know, know who like is, Duplo. Uh, he's, for, uh, he's for three-year-olds. Okay. <laughs> My first DJ. So, okay, I think we've spent yeah. a little too much time <laughs> on yeah. Detective Pikachu. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to John Wick Chapter 3, Parabellum, which is uh, more title than this movie needs to have. But I was about to say, you, you could either just call it John Wick Chapter 3 or John Wick Parabellum, but they do both, and they make sure to tell you what Parabellum means at least once in the movie. <laughs> it, it, well, it's, and it's John Wick colon Chapter 3 dash Parabellum. It's like uh, Mission Impossible yeah. does now, where it's Mission colon Impossible dash <laughs> Rogue Nation. So, um, so John Wick Chapter Three. I liked it. Um, it's everyone who you know you expect to be good in. Is, I mean, Keanu Reeves. I think says less and less lines as these movies go on, which is fine because he doesn't need to. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, um, it's kind of like Christopher Lee in the Dracula movies. Yeah. <laughs> To the point where he made one where he just refused to say any dialogue because he thought the script was so bad. <laughs> but yeah, um, you know, of course, the big addition is Halle Berry and Angelica Houston is also in this as well. But you've got um, Anne McShane and, of course, Lawrence Fishburne and, of course, uh, Asia Kate Dillon, who's the educator, who a, has a big, hold on as I kill a mosquito. And... <laughs> Of course, we have Mark Descascos, who don't people don't know used to be in like a bunch of those like eighties and nineties fight movies. Like he was in a classic Kickboxer Five and like all those crazy Double Dragon. Mm-hmm. All yeah, those. And, and of course, the most important thing: the chairman of Food Network's Iron Chef America. <laughs> exactly that too. <laughs> I'm sorry, I forgot. He was even Ages of Shield. Okay, I didn't know that. Anyways, but um, yeah, I mean, so the movie itself, when it works, it works. I mean, the action sequences are freaking incredible. Sorry, finally got him. Um, uh, the action sequences are incredible, and again, they are fantastic to watch. But um, once to me at least, when you get to some of the mythology, I start kind of being like, eh, it's okay, great, sure, but. I was a little more, I really, really liked the first one because it was such a guy just having a really bad day. And even, in the, you know, it led into the second one kind of naturally. But now we have this huge mythology and, of course, it's, it's just going to keep going. And, you know, it's fine. It's still a really good movie. But I just feel a little bit that when it was more just, when they, they, the more they keep expanding this world, the more mm-hmm. I feel it's getting less interesting. But that's just me. So. No, it's not just you. I actually feel the same way. I thought the first one where it hinted at the mythology yeah. was 
really interesting. The second one where they expanded on it, it started to get a little weird because it was going so far. This one kind of goes too far and steps over the yeah. line, I think. And, and a lot of people love that world-building bu world stuff, but for me, you're right. The, the deeper it goes, the less interested I am in it, which is a, a little bit surprising. And maybe it says something about the mythology that they're creating. But mm. what really got me about this one is the action is great in it. It's very well made. Half the movie feels like it doesn't need to be there and it's pointless. Like it, it's the first time in this franchise I felt like it's spinning its wheels. Yeah, there's definitely, a, yeah, I, there, there's there's one point where I want to say like three quarters of the way through the movie where it just feels like okay, maybe you could have cut the movie off that. Like not 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 the scene, but just it felt like that was the length it should have been, and then it continues to keep going for another. 45 minutes. Um, so, I mean, that, but, and I know people but who, who loved it and had no problem and they just want more and more and more, but yeah, I just, some, some of it is just could have been cut down a little bit. If you love action movies and you love the first two, you're going to love it. And I mean, it's just some of the dialogue, like I, I have to say, I have to call this out, but you remember how bad Halle Berry was in X-Men and X-Men 2 and X-Men 3? Mm -hmm. She's still really bad. <laughs> How did she ever win an Oscar? And don't answer the question because I know how she did. But this is like she is not like if you give her like really bad lines. I know this is supposed to be tongue in cheek, kind of like it's not mm -hmm. super like she her line delivery was just so holy god, this is awful. It feels like she's going for the same kind of level that Lawrence Fishburne does because he's chewing up scenery too. Oh, like he god, is just yeah. going for it, and yeah, for some reason yeah. it works a little bit better with him than it does with Halle Berry. But I'll, although at the end I was starting to get annoyed, especially the last scene where like it's just him and, and John at the end, and I'm just like, dude, this just feels like fucking the Matrix again. <laughs> it's just like, and so like, I get it, but yeah, I'm not a big fan of Lawrence Fishburne's character just because of the whole pigeon thing, and it's just I don't care. Like I really thought he was the worst part of the second one, and I, I he thought he worked better here than the second one. Yeah, at least he's given more to do. At least in this one. <laughs> yeah, and and. Basically, I feel like it starts pretty strong. Yeah. Then oh, there's yeah, this, the, the second act. There are some good action sequences, but it's just unnecessary. It yeah. like it feels like it does not need to be there. Like it, it's just he goes on this quest that ultimately doesn't matter at all, and it and right. it doesn't really feel like it adds to the movie even as a feeling of nihilism or anything. And then it gets to the end, and it gets to what the movie was going for in the first place. And by the ending of it, there are so many double crosses and triple crosses and everything that I just didn't care anymore. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're absolutely right, because like the last 45 minutes is just swerve, cross. Oh, wait, is he? Nope, is, nope, is... is is um is Winston double nope yep he is nope it wait is it is it true oh it is okay and then yeah, I'm just like I don't care yeah. oh they're gonna do another one great it's one of those and I, I can't blame them I mean this movie's made two hundred twenty one million dollars on a cheap mm -hmm. they made the movie for seventy five million so I mean and people love these movies I just I think when the first one came out and I heard of the sequel I would oh I can see it as like a trilogy but now it's like great we could get a fourth one but like if they get to like a fifth or sixth one like is it gonna be able to sustain what it is, I don't know. Well, like that that's that's I don't know. That's my questioning now. But I I am one of the biggest supporters of 
not having to stick to the traditional storytelling ideas, especially in a, an age of long-form storytelling like TV and stuff like that, when we've got the Marvel movies and things like that. You don't right. have to stick to trilogies. If they want to do four, five, six John Wick movies, that's great, but you can't sit there and spin your wheels like they do through quite a bit of this one. Like, I need to feel mm. like the plot is going somewhere, and in the end, it felt like it went somewhere, but there's a whole section that just could be cut out and it would have almost no bearing even though it's treated as something very important yeah yeah no absolutely i just i like i should have been excited by the ending and i was kind of just like mm -hmm. oh all right there's gonna be a fourth one okay i'll probably see it but like it wasn't like holy shit i can't wait for the next chapter of this and again if you the, this it sounds like I'm shooting, but the the fight scenes are worth seeing this mm -hmm. just for the you know worth worth seeing a movie for. But it's just yeah, it, uh, when uh, they try Keanu it, versus it, Mark Dacascos is fantastic. Like that's worth yes. seeing the movie for alone. Yeah. But without trying to spoil anything, the fellow that I will identify as the actor from like the actor character from Wonder Woman, who mm. shows up about three quarters of the way through. I don't get that character. It does not seem to fit in with the mythology as established, and I don't get any gravitas from it. It doesn't feel thought out or like it explains anything. It's just there. Yeah. They've got a good cast, like you said, but the more I think about this movie, the less impressed I am with it. Now, I will say the first two both improved on for me with second viewings. Especially the first one. I've seen the first one a few times now, and I yeah. appreciate it more each time. Second one, Same. also enjoyed it more the second time I watched it. I don't know if that's going to be true of this one. If history is anything to go by, I probably will. But this is the first one where I'm kind of not as excited about it. Hmm. Um, I, I agree. I, I like The first two, I was like, I need to own these. This one kind of like... I don't know. Maybe if it's like ten bucks. <laughs> yeah, which is not to say it's a bad movie. I do recommend no. it, but no. Uh, yeah, yeah. I just I, I give it like a three star movie. I'd say maybe maybe three and a half. Like, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, yeah. I didn't need to do that now, but I was you know you triggered me with that. But no. Um. But yeah, it's it's good. Again, the fight scenes are freaking amazing. If you want to see a guy fight uh, with no with no guns and use a book as a weapon in a library, then. This is really not, it, it, it's it's great, and you know, I'm not making fun. Like it's actually, yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, and, it's yeah. still better than a lot, lot, lot of action films. It's just right. that it's coming from such a high pedigree with the first two. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, like I really felt like the character more, and like I said, the first two movies, like I felt like his story, and then this one's just kind of like I'm, like I said, I'm losing more and more interest in the character as these go on, which shouldn't be happening. You should be building the character. But again, it's like, it's almost like they work backwards. Cause it's like you said, like the first one was kind of like a hint. And then it's like, then they keep going more and more to opening this world, which I understand because that's how you world build. But I don't know if this world is that interesting to me, I guess. And in, yeah. in, in the end, so, but yeah, now I will say the hook that they leave it on is what I kind of thought we were going to get in this one, at least to, mm. to a point. And by the way, it was really nice to see Lance Reddick get more to do, because I've been a fan of his since Fringe, and I really enjoyed him in the first two movies. 
Yeah, he's he's a, he's a really underrated character actor, and in the in both, I think the first two movies, he kind of he was awesome, but like not a lot of people talked about him. So. Yeah, so I I was glad to see him get more to do, uh, and I I will definitely see the fourth one. I just yeah. hope that it is better and more focused than this one. Yeah. Um, so, um, but yeah, that's that's kind of our shtick on John Wick <laughs> Chapter Three, Parabellum, which of course. If you don't know what that means, prepare for war. <laughs> or if you want peace, prepare for war. Something to that effect. That's yes. Yeah, so they they do stop and explain it. Yeah, like there's like a freeze of like Andy Chain like explaining. <laughs> so. And that's so, why I'm Superman Four: The Quest for Peace. Yeah, <laughs> uh. yeah there it is. Uh, so speaking of Superman, good segue. <laughs> so let's talk about Brightburn, which again was something I was really looking forward to. Produced by James Gunn, written by Brian Gunn and Mark Gunn, and again, um, it's a Gunn family reunion. Yeah, <laughs> this was the famous movie that was called Untitled James Gunn Horror Project for the longest time. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, here's the yeah. elevator pitch. It's the origin of Superman, but he's evil? Yeah, exactly. The trailer made me be like, yeah, this could be great, and I think it's going to be awesome. And parts of it are good, but parts of it just kind of don't deliver on the premise, I feel. Like, it kind of just goes the uh, the obvious way you would expect and kind of just goes straight horror as opposed to I thought they could have done a little more with the actual thing they introduce and it kind of just becomes a generic like an omen type thing where the what? kid's evil and kills everyone and, well, you which know, is it's, fine. It's funny the fact that it's a very stripped down version that hews surprisingly close to the Superman mythos mm-hmm. actually is part of what made it work for me. Well, no, I, 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 I completely like all the, the Superman parts and the fact that it, but I think at some point it just takes a turn where it becomes more of a generic, I don't know. It, well, it, well let's be clear. Okay, this is yeah. an idea that has been explored a lot in the comics. They've yes. got all those Elseworlds series about Superman being evil, or in this yes. case, Superboy, you know, Superboy Prime right. was a right. villain that DC used a lot for a while. And just in general, it's something that has been way more overdone than the general public probably would expect if they don't know anything about comic books and this whole sort of thing. In a lot of ways, what this film actually reminds me of is one of those Spider-Verse stories where there's Mm. the alternate version of Peter Parker who's a burgeoning serial killer in high school. (laughs) But I think, I will grant, I think that this movie thinks it's more clever than it is given that. Yeah, uh, but the way that they do keep everything kind of in line but twist it, I thought was just a really simple way to do this effectively. Having the childless couple in Kansas find the little boy with special powers in the spaceship, adopt him as their own, You've even got the double initials, the <laughs> twisted version of Lana Lang. That stuff all worked for me, and the horror yeah. elements were maybe not shocking, but I thought they were effective and definitely wince-inducing. I mean, I can usually do gore without much issue in movies because I yeah. know it's fake, even if it's effective. 
but I do have this thing about eye injuries, like in the oh, Evil Dead I was remake. I to say the same thing. You don't like sharp pieces going into eyes? Never yeah, mind. this thing had me squirming a little bit. So. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I still enjoyed it. I just didn't... I, I Maybe I wanted to do with too high expectations or too much uh, expecting something like genre-breaking. I mean, again, it, it, it is a nice... Um, what do you call it? I can't think of the word. It's, it's a nice... Um, uh, subversion of the superhero genre. I don't know if that's the right word, but um, and I think the fact that it's such a small project actually works in its favor as far as that goes for me, at least. Right? No, no, no. And I mean, it, it it's it, like you said, it's it, it's really great that it has the intentional similarities to Superman and the construction of the character, and it's like it walks through every step of. It, it's it, actually you, a lot closer than I thought they would. I mean, they could Same. say it's parody or something, I guess, to get away yeah, with that, but I'm surprised they didn't change more just to avoid possible issues with Warner Brothers and DC. Right, right, because it's kind of, like, almost too on the nose of, like... Exactly. This isn't just archetype. This is Clark Kent, basically. Only so. as a creepy little kid. And yeah. I thought that he was pretty... He's pretty well up there in terms of creepy kid actors. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know what anything else he's done. Uh, in the whole movie, I basically... There, of course, there's Elizabeth Banks. Yeah. And then there's Roy from The Office <laughs> and Badger from Breaking Bad. That's all I really recognized, so... Oh, and and uh, uh, a cameo by Michael Rooker and a cameo by Rain Wilson, but it's only a photograph still. But <laughs> I did like those. Um but yeah, you're right. There's not. It's not like exactly a, a a movie where like, oh, there's a lot of people, recognizable actors that, um, you know. Um, and, and that, I think that okay. I, I'm sorry that I'm interrupting, but I'm just gonna throw this out because you compared it. You said something about the Omen, and that kind of jogged of rang a mm -hmm. few bells for me. I saw someone online compare this movie to a quote unquote Sam Neill trilogy, and he meant the Omen. But my first thought was the Apocalypse Trilogy from John Carpenter, because oh. this film actually did kind of bring me to that same sort of state of mind as at least the last two-thirds of that, the In the Mouth of Madness, Prince of Darkness. Yeah. There's just an ever-increasing sense of foreboding. There's this innate knowledge that things are just doomed no matter what. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Especially yeah. spin on a familiar idea and doing so yeah. with a pretty small budget. And then the, mm -hmm. the ending, the way that they put that together with the Michael Rooker cameo and the news footage and all that stuff felt kind yeah. of Prince of Darkness-ish to me. Yeah, I, I, I can see. I didn't think of that. But yeah, I, I, I totally kind of can see that. It's smart, but I don't know if it's as smart as you said. I think you said it's not as smart as I think. Like, I, I, I like it, but I, I didn't love it, I, I think. You know, it was one of those things. Um, I thought Elizabeth Banks had a really good performance. For like you said, it was made for what five million dollars, six million dollars, which is like nothing nowadays. Probably should mention. I don't think it would have made a bearing either way, but it was delayed a year because of the whole James Gunn thing. But um, it was originally supposed to come out a year ago, um, or six months before, whatever. But um, yeah, I mean, um, I don't expect. I didn't expect it to do big business, and it didn't. But I, I think it might be one of those things that people, movies that people kind of find out about later or once it hits the uh, digital platforms or the stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it, it just, it's a very, it, it very, did very well enough. It, like you said, when you have a budget that small, it's only made like $25 million at the box office, but that's like four times its budget. 
So. Right, exactly. So, it, it, yeah, and it's, it's not, it was put out by, like, a small production company. Sony released it, but, like, it was, or distributed it, but it was produced by small. It's not, mm-hmm. like, a, a huge, huge movie. And I don't really think the director directed anything else, at least that I can find. It's his first movie, so yeah. he doesn't have a Wikipedia entry, so I can't even. I, I think this um, is one of those small movies that's kind of going to gain an audience over time as people yeah. take a look at it. And I, like you said, I think saying that you like it, don't love it, is a completely fair reaction. I I wouldn't say I loved it either, but I thought it was pretty darn strong for what it is. Yeah. No, I I, I um I assume that you know we're not we're kind of going into spoiler territory, but it doesn't really matter. I'm assuming. So, do you think this sets up a sequel, uh, or they were attempting to set up a sequel to obviously? bring in a more of a, uh, obviously a, a universe, a superhero universe, obviously by what it sets up at the end. I hope not. <laughs> I like the idea that this ends where it does and just keeps becoming, and just, you know that everything's going to be horrible. And I realize that a lot of people aren't in that sort of thing. <laughs> they well, want I, the happy I, ending. I, or they I want... think, I don't know, just because... They, they referenced, didn't they say something about like a, ha- a sea creature? And then they had, of course, the Crimson Bolt, and then they had a witch or something. So it's like they, they're already setting up that there's lots of other... So again, you might be right, like it was just like a little nice little funny kind of ending. But it's, the sad part of me is kind of, or the, the part of me wonders is like, like, was it intended to like, this makes a lot of money, we can continue it as some sort of alternate superhero horror universe kind of thing. Because yeah. let's be honest, everyone's just trying to make franchises at this point in movies. And I, don't, mm-hmm. I feel like nothing can just be a done in, a one and done anymore. Well, so, but and, and I'll, I'll tell you what it says here. Uh, mm-hmm. That the... Reference to the half-man, half-sea creature terrorizing the seas, Frank Wilson's character Frank Darbo slash the Crimson Bolt from Super, and a powerful witch who chokes her victims with a rope, was intended to set up a sequel. In addition, Uh noting that an alternate ending to the film featuring Emmy Hunter's Caitlin, with her in a lab fastening a robot arm to her broken arm, and her just pissed off, as well as mentioning tons of other such endings as having been discussed, as well as stating that if we were to expand the Brightburn universe in other installments and in other ways, we'd probably be doing it the exact same way in total secrecy and then drop a cinematic trailer at some point that kind of teaches one what that new direction may be. And that is a way to go, I guess, but I feel like that kind of... Like, the the alternate ending that they talk about, I feel like kind of would have just ruined the effect of the movie itself because as a horror film, as well, a, an apocalyptic say, become, vision. Right, because then it just becomes another superhero rip-off genre universe type thing. Yeah. Not in a bad way, but I mean, like, they've done Kick-Ass, they've done all these other right. ones that have... The idea like, hey, that look. this incredibly powerful being is the only super real superhero, whatever it is, in the world, and that everything's going to be not going to turn out okay is part of, I think, what makes it effective for me. Right. Right. I agree. I think if there's a sequel, it kind of would make me like it less, but at this, I, I don't know. I just had a feeling. It's like, why would you put that much into the into the end credits where it's like, there's just so many hands dropped that I was like, but again, I was just, maybe I was being cynical, but I guess <laughs> so we'll see. And, and but no, I guess not, they could, I, I, but yeah, like I, because maybe it's like I was saying when I compared it to the Apocalypse Trilogy, 
Mm. You don't have a sequel to Prince of Darkness, and I think it's right. better because of that. So right, right, or the thing but, um, if if you want to use the first one, yeah. But no, I I um I enjoyed it a lot, and I think it's something worth seeing, and um, especially with although I mean if you're sick of superheroes, it's a nice little twist on the superhero you know genre i think everyone knows superman stories so i mean unless you're really like oh this sound this is really original then you'd be kind of i don't know <laughs> but <laughs> yeah oh uh, by the way just for all the smallville junkies uh all three of you <laughs> the it actually the plot itself and the uh, mechanics behind it reminded me a lot of one of those episodes where they did something I hate and they had uh, the same actors play the their grandfather. Oh, yeah. Or whatever, <laughs> and you find out that, uh, that Jor-El was, or his dad or whatever, was supposed to take over yeah. oh, Earth and, or soften him up for an invasion or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh God, I forgot about that. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And yeah. Oh God. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've never liked that. Oh, hey, um, it's uh, their dad, and they look just like them because that's something that happens. Yeah, that's a bad trope that they've done a lot on. Like, I remember even there was a Roswell episode where they did the same thing. Where it was like, oh, it's their ancient ancestors, but they happen to look exactly. And I'm like, god damn it! Like they've done that. I think on like every WB or CW show at some point. So, um, but uh, yeah, yeah. Sh- should we move on? <laughs> yeah, we should all move on to the main event, which is the main event because it's Godzilla, King of the Freaking Monsters. No freaking ding, title. Ding ding ding. <laughs> so, first of all, Ken, because you are a resident Godzilla expert, I honestly have to ask you because you have to refresh your memory. What did you, what did you think of the first Godzilla? Obviously, of the, not not the first Godzilla movie, but the first the not the the, the, the twenty fourteen American Thanks. Godzilla, yes, as opposed to the nineteen ninety eight American Godzilla. We don't talk about that movie, but no, <laughs> we don't we don't talk about Matthew Broderick. Um, <laughs> you don't say that name. Um, it was good, not great, okay. uh, and I think that this one is about on par with the yeah. 2014 predecessor, despite the fact that it feels like a completely different movie to me, and and yeah. I can explain why. Oh, I was going to say, I, I kind of think I'm on the same wavelength, but I'll let you explain, because I think it, it feels like it just flip-flopped the things I like and just like for the last one, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but, and yeah, it, here's the rub, the sticky wicket, whatever euphemism you want to use, uh, despite being a Godzilla movie, despite having some of the same characters reappear, I feel like the first one took a lot more inspiration from the early Godzilla films. Maybe not mm-hmm. the, the first first one so much, but say Godzilla Raids, Raids Again. That's the sequel they pumped out really quick. Then it had the first kaiju battle in it, in this case with okay. Anguirus. Uh, and this one feels a lot more like the later films from the 60s or 70s where the plots are really goofy and they veer yep. more into the silly sci-fi range. And there are a lot of references in the film, modified musical cues, uh, a more Hollywood-friendly referral to the Mothra twins, etc., to those movies. Uh, and I, And one of my favorite things about this movie is I think it will help get more of those out on Blu-ray and high def, but... I digress. 
what I think it gets wrong in a lot of places, and maybe it's just because this would be really hard to find that tone, but it it tries to quote it tries to let's say smarten up what are deep down some really goofy concepts to be more palatable to Americans, but they're still just as dumb, but without the more interesting wonky worldview of those Japanese films with the miniature sets and the aliens and everything. Right. So, yeah, it, I I think it's much more in tune with those movies that you would see on a Saturday afternoon local TV station where they have the monster throwdowns with right. Godzilla versus the sea monster and stuff like that. Where's Mechagodzilla? <laughs> uh, hopefully um, he'll he'll be in uh, Kong uh, Godzilla versus King Kong. So, as a non Godzilla fan, I mean I I like Godzilla, but not as much. You know I haven't seen all the ones. That, the first one I thought was plotting and kind of boring to a certain extent, and then they got to the end, and it was okay, but it wasn't anything spectacular. Where this one, the plot is so corny and goofy, and there's lots of really bad acting. But you do have all these pretty cool, at least to me, monster battles that I think a lot of people wanted to see in the last one. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I agree with your assessment that it does kind of remind me of the cheesier kind of like Godzilla versus he's going to save us because from all these other monsters. And and um, they try to throw together this weird plot and, it, and they do a swerve and I don't. It comes out of kind of nowhere, and they try to... They, try they do to a like, swerve that they telegraph in the trailers. Well, that's what I was going to say. But then, and then they try to, like, justify it, and it just becomes worse every time they try to justify yeah. it, because it's such a dumb, like, idea. And um, it, yeah. it's just... I don't know. And uh, Kyle Chandler just annoys the shit out of me. I don't know. Really? <laughs> yeah, I, he feels just... Some of his... Uh, his, his act... His, not even his acting, but his character just this makes the dumbest decisions at certain points and i'm just like uh okay and, okay so is yeah. it kyle chandler or is it the character that they yeah have i think it's for the character because for my money kyle chandler is like the most underappreciated actor in hollywood right now i, I think he's great it's, it's more the character and the fact that he's supposed to be the actor that's going to carry over through all these movies into kong and godzilla it's just i don't know i can't even describe it like he just mm-hmm. seems to kind of like act like he is in charge at certain points when basically they just called him in to be a consultant and all of a sudden he yeah. sort of takes over and again this is more problems with the plotting and that, the script that's, that's and, one of those Hollywood tropes you know yeah and, and again it's just like there's so many things that I want to nitpick and I sound like I'm bitching but like so like there's the whole scene where the, the senate calls them in the senate hearing and then all of a sudden it's like wait if it's just the United States why, why do they have all these these like giant places in like China and that doesn't make sense like there's all these things that don't connect or it's just like the yeah, clock you'd think it'd be more of like a UN thing or something like right. that right if it was know. the UN then it would make sense but then it's like but no they blatantly say it's like oh it's the United States Senate so it's like well then why do they have bases in China and like Antarctica like, it, it yeah, and, how would, and how would they the United States government have authority to say destroy Mothra in China exactly so like there's all these little, and again I know I'm nitpicking a Godzilla movie, so this is just don't oh, yeah. <laughs> But like, just that's the stuff, and some of the the plot is just super paper thin. But on the plus sides, 
I have to say, I was really impressed by the special effects. I thought they did a really good job with the monsters and the monster fights, which could, let's be honest, I expected a little less than I got. I expected not them to look as cool. And I thought that they did. I liked I liked it. I liked the fighting. But again, that's just me. I, I um, liked the fighting, too. I Given how much it was talked about incessantly leading up to the release about by people who were disappointed that it was all monster fights, I actually thought there were going to be more. But <laughs> here's the thing. I don't think it's a bad movie. But no, I think what's surprising bad, is that it's not a better movie. Because yeah. it kind of had a murderer's row of talent behind it. Uh, Michael Doherty's Trick or Treat and Krampus are two movies I really, really enjoy. The actors are almost uniformly people I really like. Uh, you've got Vera Farmiga, who is excellent in the Conjuring films. You've got Kyle Chandler, who I already discussed, yeah. that I like. Millie Bobby Brown from Stranger Things. Bradley Whitford is a legendary character actor who, by oh. the way, did you know that uh, he said that he was basing part of his performance on Rick Sanchez from Rick and Morty? <laughs> so he keeps drinking it's the same random thing. I thought it was kind of funny. It's a little weird. You got Sally Hawkins and Ken Watanabe from the last Godzilla movie. Right. You got Charles Dance from Game of Thrones, which I have been advised that I am legally obligated to disclose. I have never watched. Uh, <laughs> you didn't even know he was from that either. It's okay. <laughs> You've got O'Shea Jackson Jr., who is fantastic, and Ingrid Goes West and Straight Out of Compton, and who they seem to give more to do than they really should, given his position. Right. Um, you got Zhang Zi from Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Uh, okay, did you know that Joe Morton, who shows up in one of the Mothra scenes, is supposed to be the older version of the grad student from Kong Skull Island? No, I didn't no, get that at all. They never explained it's... that. I had to go on Wikipedia to find that out. That doesn't make sense. I mean, it makes sense, but it, I wouldn't have thought of it unless you don't, you know what I mean? Like, it's, they didn't explicitly, and they did a nice job of throwing in little things about Skull Island, but, like, that is something that, like, completely didn't make, like, they didn't try to narratively tell you that at all. It was just kind of like, and plus it's a completely different actor, and so it's like, yeah, yeah okay. So the fights are cool. They didn't always make a lot of sense, like, as no. far as the choreography or the, the editing or whatever. They have the big four appearing with yep. Mothra, Rodan, King Ghidorah, who's always jockeying for the top spot with me. He's absolutely one of my favorites. I, mean, I love him, love how bizarre he is. But for some reason, the script just does not work, and I, I don't blame the actors. I, don't, I mostly don't blame the directing or the special effects, because like you said, there are some really neat moments in it. But the whole thing just still feels a little underwhelming, which is confession time, sort of the same issue I have with Destroy All Monsters, which was mm. supposed to be the end-all, be-all of the original Toho era, where all of the monsters were sh supposed to show up, and then in the end, like, five of them fight mm. while everybody else is standing around. And this just kind of reminds me a lot of that in some ways. Uh, and, oh, and... Uh, they say that there are supposed to be like 17 kaiju that they've found. Yeah. And you barely see any of them in action. The ones you do, I only recognize like two of them. As I was going to ask you, are, they, are any of those from like anything or were they, or some of them created for, because like, there was a bunch, like, where's the fucking turtle? Like, I don't remember there's yeah. the turtle. Well, and I don't remember that. I thought maybe that was supposed to be like Angerous, but I don't think it was. Uh, yeah. I don't know what the, woolly mammoth looking thing was supposed yeah, to be. I, or, think, I know that some of them were supposed to be brand new. The only two that really resembled older monsters I'm familiar with, one of them was a revamped Muto from the last movie. The other uh, one 
was the giant spider, because they used to have a giant spider who would show oh. up. Like, at the end of Destroy All Monsters, the spider and Mothra both shoot webbing Webby. stuff at yeah. uh, King Ghidra. But, um, so, yeah, but it, that's other, a good example of part of what's kind of the issue is that they sort of don't really deliver on some of the things that are uh, implied. Like, you can tell that they tried to give... Ghidorah's heads each a distinct personality and they actually had a different actor doing each one of them in motion yeah. capture. It's kind of a keen idea but it doesn't really come through and it's because instead of motion capture you really should have had a character animator doing it and they probably didn't have somebody who specialized in that. So, I mean, did I like it? Bottom line, yes, and I think critics are being too hard on it but I don't think it's nearly as good as Kong Skull Island which I think is the gold standard for this series. So, nerdy question for you. Uh, yeah. Is King Ghidorah always portrayed with that, where the three different heads each have different personalities, or is that a new thing for this movie? That's a new thing for this movie, because in the past, uh, he's mostly, like, in the originals, the mm. old one, his heads were on strings, and they were just moving them around. <laughs> so, <laughs> right, right, right. While he shoots electricity out of his mouth. They right. did keep the same origin, which I was happy about. Okay, okay. Because in the I don't think it's a spoiler for anybody, really, <laughs> if if they know anything about Godzilla already, but King Ghidra is from space. Yes, so, he's an alien. Yeah, so that's kind of partly how I think they get away with having him look so much weirder and different than all of the other kaiju and monsters, but... Yeah. So yeah. were you sad to see Quicksilver Scarlet Witch not returning in this movie? <laughs> Sorry. Not at all, because <laughs> the biggest flaw in the original, as far as I was concerned, is that once Brian Cranston's character died, I did not care at all about the remaining human characters. Well, you heard, you heard what he said about that, right? After the fact? No, I didn't. He like, let me see if I can find it quickly. Um, he said something to the effect effect that like he was at, he was doing either a convention or doing an interview, and he he basically said that like he thought it was a huge mistake to kill off his character that early because it completely took some. He heard from so many other fans that it completely took them out of the movie, and he said he should have said something and had. But again, he felt like it wasn't his place. But yeah, he completely yeah. Well, and like it, and it wasn't. But the the director should have realized that I think, and especially right. the screenwriter because he's the one that has the real motivation for it, whereas right. Aaron Johnson's character just felt very perfunctory. Yeah, no, and I I think a lot of people were surprised, obviously, in the first one when yeah Brian Cranston just up oh, he was like billed as like the main star. He's like, oh, he's dead, and it's like, oh, okay, great shock, but <laughs> what do you yeah. do not like? Yeah, but so. you have to go somewhere with it. Once yeah. Done. So, what are your thoughts on Kong versus Godzilla? Do you think it will be good? Do you think it's going to be a giant clusterfuck, or do you think it will be as cool as everyone expects it to be? Well, keep in mind, I am one of the people who actually still likes Adam Wingert. Mm -hmm. I love the guest. I thought that was great. I actually great enjoyed movie. the Death Note movie, even though it was not great. But... I don't know. I, I certainly Next, hope yeah. it turns out because they already have done everything but the special effects on it. Granted, that's probably the most expensive part, but right. So it's definitely going to come out next year, even though this one's kind of considered to be underperforming. 
So, I don't know. I, I'm hoping that the two of them together is going to be a market improvement over Batman versus Superman in terms of uh, throwing... Warner Brothers is hoping so as well, but... <laughs> yeah, in terms of throwing two franchises together. At least in this one, there's a better setup. Yes, I was so. going to say, at least they're, they seeded it so much better than they did with the other stuff. But, um, I don't... Is there any from one from the cast from Kong Skull Island coming back for... I don't think there is, is there? Is well, there wasn't this? anybody in this one, for sure, that even well, though no, no, the no, characters were supposed to be the same. And not, as far as I know, there's not. Yeah, which I think is interesting, because like you said, that I thought from everyone, that was the most well-liked, and they really didn't seem to capitalize. Like, you'd think someone would be like, well, we should bring someone back. <laughs> you know? uh, looking at the, the list here, the ones that I recognize, Millie Bobby Brown and Kyle Chandler are supposed to be back. I don't know how right. big their, their pretty, parts are going to be. I'm pretty sure they'll probably have a pretty big... I think they're going to be a human element that will be involved. I'm pretty sure they're probably going to have a... Yeah, uh, um, of the names I recognize, you got Rebecca Hall from Iron Man 3, Julian Dennison from Hunt for the Wilder People, and Deadpool 2, Alexander Skarsgård. Those are the only ones. Yeah, so they, they really aren't bringing anyone back from Kong's Island. That's what really surprised me. Yeah, well, and keep in mind, it did take place in the early 70s, so... Yeah, but you could still somehow... I, I, I know, I know, I know, but... I mean, are yeah. you going to age up Tom Hiddleston, or...? Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, I would. No, um, but yeah, I know, that that's true. But, well, so yeah, we'll see how it goes, but um, let's... We're going to give Hiddleston some laugh lines. <laughs> let's go on. Uh, let's do a rundown of everything we've reviewed and what our star ratings are before we wrap up. Alright, well, Detective Pikachu, aka Pokemon Detective Pikachu, which, as much as I complained about the extra punctuation for John Wick 3, I was surprised that there was absolutely no punctuation in Pokemon Detective Pikachu. <laughs> it's like just they put those three words together, there's no colon or anything. But, which is. Honestly, I'm sure I'm the only person who cares about that, but... <laughs> okay, and then uh, next, for John Wick Chapter 3 Parabellum, I give it about three and a half, which is a little bit lower than the yeah. first two. I, I, I'm right around that. I'd, I'd say three, three and a half. Three and a half is more likely, but yeah, three and a half. I'm right there. I also uh, would give three and a half to Brightburn. I'd say three. But that's I, I, understandable. Yeah, and then for Godzilla King of the Monsters, that's more of a three for me. Yeah, that's a, I'd say it's a bit of a three. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. I'm not it's, gonna I'm not gonna slam dunk on it like a lot of the critics because I actually like that monster fight shit. But <laughs> it should have been a better movie. Let, let's let's just quote one thing: spade to spade, though on this critical, it, is it really surprising that critics don't like a movie that's Godzilla? I mean, I, I fully expect those any critic to be like, "This is like they don't understand it. They probably don't give a shit." And it's just one of those things I feel is is it's not. It's just one of those things that I feel critics are not gonna like. Like autumn, I would not have gone by like, 
oh, they didn't like it, so that means it's like I just they they don't seem to get it. And I just I just think that it didn't shock me when they were like slamming it because like oh it's just a, yes the plot is bad, but then they're like oh all it is is a bunch of monsters fighting, and it's like well what did you expect? It's called Godzilla King of the Monsters, and when there was no monster fighting the last one, everyone bitched that there was no monster. Fighting. Yeah, I was gonna say it, it. It reminds me of the whole thing with uh, James Bond where the franchise seems to overcorrect in most cases for yes. what they, the last like, one was complained about regarding. Right. So I'm trying to look up the scores from the la- the the last Pretty couple simple. of movies. I think that the last couple of them were better received. Uh, yeah, Kong Skull Island had a 75%, which I actually think is low because that's a damn fine it's movie a as far as really fun movie, movie. yeah. There, there's at least one movie in my top ten every year that's just there because it's the most fun that I had in the movies that year. Kong Skull Island, Ant-Man and the Wasp were two of them. If I'd seen Turbo Kid uh, in time for my list that year, that would have made it. Yeah, see, okay, so Godzilla 1 got 75%. They really mm-hmm. liked the first one. Yeah. It's so that's weird. It's not like the first two were badly received. If yeah, wanna, if you want to say the first two, because I that's know Kong sure. sure kind of its own thing, but yeah, yeah, but no, you're right. Then I, yeah, I don't know. I, for some reason, meanwhile, the 1998 Godzilla. Let's look at this. <laughs> uh, it was. It has a 16% approval rating, which is high. <laughs> Come on, man! There's just to be a sequel to that movie. They canceled a trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I remember. I just remember like, man, there's gonna be a, there's gonna be a trilogy, and um, the, supposedly the second one was supposed to be like uh, the offspring battling a giant insect or something, and then like, yeah, I don't yeah. know. That's all I remember, which Mother completely sounds. <laughs> which is yeah, well, that's what we got in the 2014. Cause those things were basically just giant insects. Pretty much. Pretty much, so yeah. But, um, anywho, I think that's going to do it for the show. Um, thank you for listening. Um, we shall return in two weeks with another episode of Block Bastards. Um, while you wait, feel free to visit our Facebook page, Isle of the Damned, our Twitter, which is Isle of the Damned, no ED, um, uh, Instagram, XanderHarris2981, and can't remote and Tiki Studios, right? Yes, sir. All right. Well, next time we will be talking about on Out of the Dam, I should say. Next time we will be talking about arguably the most anticipated movie this summer. And I know what you're thinking. Yes, I'm talking about X Men: Dark Phoenix. No, I'm joking. It's not, <laughs> dude. I'm I'm gonna say this on the air because it's hilarious. I looked today to see what if there were any tickets available for either Thursday night or Friday. Not one ticket has been sold at my theater for either opening night or preview night for that movie yet. Ooh, not, that's I'm not even, not even joking. And I was just like, well, then, usually it'd be like a smattering, at least, even if it was like, there's nothing. I don't know what it is. People are just dead against, set against seeing this movie. The trailers haven't looked good, or the fact that it's not going to matter because. <laughs> and the fact that they had to reshoot the entire ending now because it was too close to another Marvel movie. So anyways, it should be fun to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that, and I'm um, sure we have a couple other stuff coming up. I don't have my calendar in front of me. I don't know what else is coming out. I'm sure there's other stuff we'll be seeing. 
So until then, enjoy your the warm weather if you have warm weather near where if you're listening. And uh, hopefully you didn't get hit by a bazillion tornadoes like everyone else in the United States. Besides, in, not in the Northeast, but everywhere else. I have nothing weird to say at the end except Pika, Pika. That's it. Gonna be the best there. <laughs> Do they put that song at the end? Well, Ryan Reynolds sings it at one point. Oh man, sadly. <laughs>
What did that look? I don't. What is, is that? I'm gonna look it up. Hold on. Yeah, go ahead and look that up. You're gonna laugh. <laughs> I've never seen it. I'm, I'm really curious to right now and see. Because there are. Oh some... my god! Exactly. <laughs> what the fuck? There are some Jesus awful covers out there. And... That is. It's probably the worst. I actually, that might be the the worst I've ever seen. 